Alrighty, welcome to another episode of the Church Lies Podcast, the podcast where we expose the lies of the church one scripture at a time. I am your host, B-Dub, and I am joined by my co-host. Hey, this is, uh, I don't know, this is Ismail, a.k.a. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what my nickname is, I think it's Doc, but you know, we got, whatever. We're going to figure it out before we start next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a new year, it's a new day, even though it would make way more sense for the new year to be in spring in March that's, when the spring is when I supposed to start. I know, yeah. but because it really doesn't make much sense. Even just standpoint for your for your new year to be in the middle of a dead season, it would be hmm. like a new year would be a new like a rebirth, like much like spring with this all the foliage and the trees and the flowers come back it's like oh man this is symbolic of a new year not looking out <laughs> and everything's cold and miserable and dead and all that crap but you know what i know i'm i i just i'm just uh, i just eat pancakes that's it that's all i got <laughs> all righty so uh again welcome to the church lives podcast we are growing in our viewership, uh, so we appreciate all the listeners out there that are uh, listening, and we pray that this podcast is a blessing to you and it's providing you with some information that you can go look up and confirm for yourself. Because remember, don't believe a word that we say just because we say it. It is up to you to do your own research, look up this information on your own to see that it's true. All right, exactly. so we don't want to hear. We don't want anybody to come saying, "Well, uh, I told my pastor that you said that." Nah, bro. First off, you're <laughs> dry snitching, and we don't condone that here. Second right. off, you over here, you need you need to know for yourself. We can't save you. <laughs> like right. your pastor can't save you. Only you. The salvation is for you and you alone. Right. So you need to seek this information out for yourself. Leave the fear back in 2020. Leave that back there. It's okay. You'll like, even though it'll be, you know, rough the first few days, you'll get over it and you'll become stronger after the fact. But it's time for you to essentially put your big boy, big girl pants on and seek the information for yourself. We're just Mm -hmm. here to shine a light on the things that have been hidden or just Mm -hmm. not talked about. So don't the so don't dress niche. That's pretty much the the lesson that you can take away from all of this. All right, we so we just we finished up either, Christmas. So. We just finished up Christmas, right? Yep. We finished up the um, the idols that's incorporated into uh, Christmas. Christmas season is over. All yeah, of that we, stuff we is over. To all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So now we're going to get into one of is. Can you hear my son screaming? No. You can't hear him. Okay, we're gonna edit that part out because I can't. Yeah. It, I, I can. I feel like I can hear him. And this uh-huh. microphone picked up like crazy. Okay. Yeah, I'll um, I'll see to make sure, but like when I edit it, but I can't hear anything. Okay. All right. So let's go. Okay. So now we're going to start, we're actually going to start this as season two 
of the Church Lives podcast, and we're going to start a new series called Jews, Gentiles, and the Judgment. And in this series, we're going to show you scripturally, mainly scripturally, we're going to give you other sources as well, but mainly scripturally, we're going to show you who the true Jews or the Israelites are, who the Gentiles are, and how both groups are connected to the judgment of the Most High that has already started to take place. Okay? So today, uh, this podcast is called Negroes in Scripture, Then and Now. And we're going to go over what the Israelites from the Word look like. Because we got these pictures of, you know, the Adam and Eve and the disciples and the one we call Jesus. And they're all, you know, not black or not melanated. And they lived in, a, in, a, in an area of the world where there were only melanated people. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out how did it happen? Right. Oh, so and um, and but that's a as a side note. Before we get too much into this, let's let's um let's handle something real quick because we're about to get into you know identity, and I'm sure that you've probably heard this sometime before from uh other um religious groups like a Hebrew Israelites or anything. Look, dead all that. <laughs> okay, because for some for some reason, as soon as you hear a title that's either foreign or somebody taught you that, oh well, you can't be messing with that group because they you get caught up in that, you miss the information, you immediately say, oh, I can't listen to that, and you just shut off. No, we we don't do that here. You need to mm-hmm. like if you've come this far listening to us, then bruh. Leave, leave that in 2020 as well. We don't have time to be rejecting information all because the group says some things that you don't like. If they mm-hmm. confirming something with scripture, then it is up to you to see in scripture, in context, what it is that they're talking about and prove that either what they're saying is wrong or maybe there's something to what they're saying. And that's not just mm-hmm. with that one city group. So... Mm-hmm. Come, up, come to us saying, oh, that's that blah, 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 blah. Stop. Knock it off. We ain't doing that here. That's all I wanted to say because I get tired of the, the labeling, just the um, just the excuse, the fact that you don't know the information for yourself. Where a pastor would be like, oh, well, even though this person came into my church saying uh, scripturally that this, this, and this, well, he's part of this group, so his opinion don't matter. But about the information that he said, are you gonna are you gonna prove that? No, because I don't. I like he's part of this group, so I don't need to. Are you sure? Because he's quoting actual scripture, so it's up to right. you to prove for yourself that okay, here's what he's saying. Let's go here. But yeah, aside beside the point, right. we and, don't do that. And, mm-hmm. and we we come from the perspective that there are. Many different groups, obviously, and many different beliefs about the word. Some groups have some stuff right. There are Christians, Christian groups. There are some things right in Christianity. But what we're trying to uh, expose is those foundational things that Mm -hmm. are flawed. And so we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater because no one has everything right. 
you know, even in the community of people who uh, know that they are the chosen people of the Most High, whether they call themselves uh, Israelites, whether they call themselves Black Hebrew Israelites, whether they call themselves Yahudim, whether them, they call themselves Torah keepers, whatever, there's still um, dissension as far as uh, when the year starts, what days are the feasts, you know, uh, what's going to happen to the Gentiles, all of that type of stuff. So hey, it's, it's not about... Friday night right. or is it just Saturday? Right. I've heard Sabbath. Some is is this month is Tuesday. Next month is Thursday. Yeah, I mean there there's so many different opinions, but at the end of the day, it's all about looking at the scripture, seeing what the scripture says, and being able to make informed decisions based on what the scripture says, not on whatever group you identify with, not on based on whatever denomination that you believe. It's not based on any of that. It's all based on what the scripture actually says. Okay, so that's that's what we're about. Church Lives Podcast, exposing the lies of the church, one scripture at a time. We will not tell you anyone's opinion. We might give you our opinion on something, but that's our opinion. We will let you know what our opinion is, but we are going to go over the scripture and show you where the scripture says X, Y, Z on whatever subject that we're talking about. So when it comes to this particular lie, now this isn't a lie of, on church doctrine. This is just what uh, we've been told in church circles, that the, the black people are the Gentiles and the Caucasian uh, European Eurocentric Jewish people, they are the true Jews and the true Israelites. And we're going to disprove that with the scripture so now we're going to expose what the scripture says about the israelites back in the biblical time okay so we're going to start in job 30 30 and this is job speaking and job is saying now we're going to read between the um New King James Version and the King James Version because some words were changed now go figure why would they change certain words um, when they created the New King James Version. But in this particular um, scripture, Job 30, 30, this is the New King James Version. My skin grows black and falls from me. My bones burn with fever. So Job is saying that his skin grows black. What do you think about that is? Um, just looking at the... Uh... Hey, it may it may mean that um he's sick, <laughs> or he's um uh, he's famished. Hmm. Be because here's here's what I hear a lot, and this doesn't make any sense to me. I hear, well, we know Jesus wasn't white; he was Middle Eastern. Yeah, like, uh, like there was a Middle East back in 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 the Bible days. Right. The Middle East has 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 was created in what I think it was the 1940s, 1950s. The, the term Middle East has only been around for some decades. It's been around less than 100 years. They did not call that region the Middle East. That region was called Africa. The entire Middle East was a part of Africa back then. And so that would indicate that the people in that region were heavily melanated. Interesting. So here's one example where a very prominent Israelite says that his skin is black. Actually, and interestingly enough, that was the New King James Version? 
Yes, this is New King James. Let's go with the King James version. What does it my say? Skin, my skin is black upon mm. me, and my bones are burned with heat. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. That just they just they literally just change uh, grows like mm. is to grows. So yeah, that would definitely um cause one to believe what I just said. Where it's like, oh, it may be the family word when it says grows black. Now it says my skin is black. It's like, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. no there's no way around that one. <laughs> so so Job is the first example. So let's look at Solomon. Solomon said it a few times. So let's go to Song of Solomon, chapter one, at the very beginning, and we're going to be reading verses five and six. And this is in the King James Version, KJV. All right, this is Solomon speaking. I am black, but calmly, O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon, look not upon me because I am black. Because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. So he, he said that my skin is black because the sun has looked upon me. So if if he didn't have melanin, if the sun looked upon him, would he would he turn black? They don't turn black. They turn pink. White, white people in the sun, they don't, they don't turn. The sun does not give them more melanin. Mm-hmm. Their, their skin turns pink, pinkish, a pinkish reddish hue. And so here we have another Israelite. Now, he is from the tribe of Judah. Solomon's from the tribe of Judah. And he's saying that my skin is black. And it says, as the tents of Kedar, the tents of Kedar were known for how black they were. That's what the tents of Kedar was known for. Again, look this stuff up. But I mean, the scripture's right there. They're telling you that they are a melanated people. So in the scripture, when we read the scripture, we have at least, we have two instances where different um, Israelites were called uh, they refer to their skin as being black. Okay, and here's a here's another one um, from Solomon that does not describe his skin, but it describes another feature that is very prominent with uh, black people. So we're in Song of Solomon, chapter five, verse eleven. This is the New King James Version. His head is like the finest gold. His locks are wavy and black as a raven. The only people I know with black locks are black folks. Is you know anybody with black locks who ain't black? Um, uh, nope. 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 No, nobody else. Interesting. So the Solomon saying that he he has locks. And that they are black. Interesting. Because Samson also had locks. 
Yeah. Remember when Delilah was trying to tie him up? He said, mm -hmm. if you weave seven locks in my hair and you tie it up, then I will lose my strength. He was he was lying to her in that particular instance. But he had locks as well. So we have different examples of different Israelites throughout the word, throughout the scripture, that have features of black people. Okay, so we, we have to understand that we have been taught what they call a Eurocentric view of the Bible. Because people even say, you know, the Bible is the white man's book. No. The Bible is not the white man's book. It was not written by white people. The people in it are not white. They are black. They have melanin. They live in a region in Africa. Israel was a part of Africa before they created the Middle East. And people don't realize that. What was considered the northern and the southern kingdoms, that was Israel and that was a part of Africa before you know, the, the, the concept of the Middle East was created. And so they think that, you know, our savior looks like an Arab, you know, the people who know that, you know, the image of uh, Jesus that's seen all around the world is not the true uh, person. Uh, they believe that he's going to have Arab features. But if you do a little bit of research, you'll see that just a few hundred years ago, all of the Arabs were just as, Black as Negroes. Yeah. And we and um it's it's not even a, a secret that the people who are in those areas now migrated to those areas. They weren't mm -hmm. always in those areas. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So when when we read these scriptures, we have to understand that the Eurocentric idea of God and uh, his word and the people of his word that that was imputed in us by our oppressors the people who enslaved us the people who made us become Christians the people who ruled over us because they wanted us to look to them and their kind as God as the people when in fact the scripture is pointing out that the true people did not look like that very, very interesting. Now, this scripture is used a lot, but we're going to go to it, and we're going to use that. And it's, I want you to read it. It's Revelation chapter 1, and I think it's around verse 14. Yeah. Okay. So his head and his hairs were like were white as white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Hmm. So his head and his hair were were white like wool, like a like an older gentleman mm -hmm. who who whose hair when he when he's when he's when he's grown when he becomes a man his hair is, is thick and black but as he gets older his hair starts to turn gray and then it starts to turn white like wool right. woolly hair Tex the texture of black people and then his feet 
were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace. Now, brass that's been burned in a furnace is very dark. It's not a it's not even a brownish color. It's a very dark color. Right. And when it cools, it turns into the brass that we know. Mm-hmm. And so this is talking about our savior. So now, if, if, no, no, if, no, if that's no. the case, go ahead. Oh, no, because I've heard this before. I've not not what we're talking about. I've heard somebody say, Hey, uh, when they said that his feet are, were like unto fine brass, that's just the um oh man, it, this a person said that um after reading this scripture, they said that uh his feet were like in unto fine brass and all that. He said that this is not that doesn't prove that uh the Messiah is black. That may prove that uh the most high is uh black. Because we were like we were in a debate on like, all right, Jesus is black, and then it was like, oh no, he's Middle Eastern, and then he said, and one likened to the Son of Man, and then somebody, and then somebody said that no, this doesn't prove that Jesus was black. That proves that the Most High is black. So my counter was that okay, you know what? That's a good, you know, that's an excellent point. So if the Most High is black, and Messiah is his son, then what does that make his son? I just left it at that. Because <laughs> it was like, you, okay, bro. But, I mean, if we're going to go by your logic, all right, that means his dad's black. All right, cool. His dad's black. What does that make him since that's his son? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people want to um, dodge the obvious because it's not only inconvenient, but it, much like we've said many, many times, it challenges the things that we grew up on and it may mm-hmm. challenge what you act like, what you foundationally believe, where you mm-hmm. believe that, oh, you know, Jesus was this, this, and you're just staunch with it. But you don't, but when you read the text and we point to you like, this is what the book says, you don't have a rebuttal for that outside of emotion. Mm-hmm. Well, my pastor said this, so I'm going to go with what he said, but this is what the book that you claim to believe says. So you got to make a choice at that point. But continue with what you were saying. I just wanted to throw that in there because I it it reminded me of that situation which I just found funny where you're like, you really just, did you really just go there? Like, oh, no, that'll prove that it's, the son's black. It just means that the father's black. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? You're you, you going to go that route? So you just lost all common sense. When it comes to this, all critical thinking, that don't even require critical thinking. It's like, bro, you, you really just said that like in normal circumstances. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. And, and, no, no, you're good. And, and one, one thing that we have to address as, as black people and as Christians, if the Bible is clear about what the people look like and what his son looked like, at least as far as his skin tone, we have to ask ourselves, why did they change it? Mm-hmm. Why yeah. change it? Because what black people say is, well, it don't matter. If it doesn't matter, then why did the people who have power over you change it? Yes. Because they have the power. If you had the power and you say it don't matter, okay, it don't matter. But you don't have the power. They have the power and they change it. Why would they do that? Does it have something to do with 
changing your identity. Because if, think about it, we are people who was told we have no history. Our mm-hmm. language, we were forced to change our language. We're forced our to change our names. We're taught that our history began when we came here. Mm-hmm. Like prior to us coming here, we didn't have any history. Mm-hmm. And if if they did this and then change what the savior looks like and made him an idol because you know it's an idol because white people would not give homage to an image of a black Jesus. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. To them, it is an abomination when in fact the image of white Jesus is an abomination for multiple reasons. Number one, and you need to go look this up, that person is not the, the savior, obviously, who he is, he is the son of a pope. He is the son of Pope Alexander Borgia. His name was Caesar Borgia. The, the, the image of the white Jesus that is posted all over the world. And this, this man was a homosexual. And he died before his time. He was actually one of Leonardo da Vinci's lovers. You need to look this up. Don't yeah, take my word for it. Look this, look this up. Yeah, you can even look that up. And the one thing about the image of Christ that no one can refute, there's no consistent image. Mm-hmm. Every historical figure, there's a consistent image of what they look like, except for him where it's either Caesar Borgia or is this one king of Wales or it's, it's a king that I forgot his name, but there's a king that looks like Christ and then every image of Christ is different. And you you can't hone in on, okay, this is what he looked like. But when it comes to all these other historical figures, there's a consistent image. So that's another red flag like, okay, there's clearly something wrong here. If this figure that we're supposed to believe in is so important, how come there's no consistent image of this figure? And Except I'm going to add of white people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to explain why there is no consistent image. So we, we, we dealt with the fact that the, the image is not the true image of the Most High or of his son, Yahushua, because his, his, his people say that they're black. And he, in the scripture, the description of him is someone who has black features. Now, there are certain scriptures that are taken out of the Bible. Some people have an issue with that. I mean, who, who took them out of the Bible? The same people who oppressed you, the same people who stole from you, the same people who destroyed you. So why would they take these out of the Bible? Because God told them to? No, because there's, a, there, there's an agenda. There's always an agenda, okay? And so there's a scripture in the wisdom of Solomon, and it talks about this very idol of the image that we call Jesus. And I'm going to read from that. It's in the wisdom of Solomon, verse, I'm sorry, chapter 14. Now, this is something Solomon wrote. So this is what Solomon saw. Solomon was prophetic, okay? So this is what he said, and we are in... Um. We're going to start at verse 11. 
So Wisdom of Solomon, chapter uh, 14, starting at verse 11. Therefore, even upon the idols of the Gentiles shall there be a visitation, because in the creature of Elohim, they are become an abomination, a stumbling block, I'm sorry, and stumbling blocks to the souls of men and a snare to the feet of the unwise. For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication. So remember when the, when the scripture talks about uh, Mystery Babylon and how she commits fornication, she's talking about the spiritual fornication, which is directly connected to idol worship. Okay? So that's why the scripture said that the people needed to repent of their idols and their worship of demons because they followed Babylon who caused them to worship idols. All right. Verse 12. For the devising of idols was the beginning of spiritual fornication. And remember, when the scripture says in Mystery Babylon, she caused the, the men of the earth to commit fornication. That's talking right. about a spiritual fornication. That's and, and so that spiritual fornication was directly connected to idol worship. Let's keep going. And the invention of them, the corruption of life. For neither were they from the beginning. Neither shall they be forever talking about the idols for by the vain glory of men, they entered the world and therefore they shall come shortly to an end for a father afflicted with untimely mourning when he hath made an image of his child soon taken away now honored him as a God. So this father, if you look at history, this father is Alexander Borgia. The son who or the child who was taken away untimely was Caesar Borgia, which was transformed into the image of who we now know as Jesus Christ. And so an image of his child soon taken away now honored him as a God, which was then a dead man and delivered to those that were under him ceremonies and sacrifices. Thus, in process of time, an ungodly custom grew strong and was kept as a law, and graven images were worshipped by the commandments of kings. This is the image of Jesus. This is what you will bow down to. This is what you will worship. This white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, wavy, brown-haired image of this dead man. This is what you will worship. This is what we will tell you your Savior looks like. Even though the scripture says his head and his hair was white like wool, even though his people said that their skin was black as the tents of Kedar. And so we got to ask ourselves, if they created this image based off this man, why did they do that? What's, what's the purpose behind it? We can no longer say that it doesn't matter because it does matter. It does matter because the word calls it an idol. The word calls it a graven image. And if he said that his people were scattered to the four corners of the earth because of their worship of idols, then they have to make sure that they are not looking to these same idols that got them scattered in the first place. We got to wake up, y'all. We got to wake up. We have to wake up because the word is very clear that the Israelites and this this is a word that I'm going to I'm going to explain this. So we, we, we call them Jews, right? That's, yep. that's, that's the word that we use. Uh -huh. Well, Jew, Jew is technically a derogatory word. Okay. And the it, it comes from being a, a Judean or from Judah. Right. And so 
they did not call themselves Jews. They referred to themselves as Yahudis or Yahudim because Judah in Hebrew is Yahuda. And so the people of Yahuda were Yahudim or Yahudis. And so if you hear me say in the future, instead of Jew, I'll say Yahudi or Yahudim. That means we're referring to the people of Judah. Okay. So from there, let's get into what the scripture says would be taking place. Um, I'm sorry. Let's, let's get into what the scripture says would be happening to his people in the last days. Because if his people were black, then shouldn't they still be black today? That, that would only make sense. I mean, of course that would make sense. That makes too much sense. That, too much sense. I mean, all of this stuff just makes too much sense. So they changed his image to convince us that we weren't the chosen people, but they were, and we need to look to them and follow them. And we've been doing that for so long, but now we're starting to wake up and realize that it's us who they need to be looking to. Very, very interesting. So if I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 27 through 31, and I want you to, to, to read that. Deuteronomy 24, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 27 through 31. And here we're going to start talking about the, the situation and the predicament of the 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 Yahudim or the Yehudis or the, the the chosen people in the last days. All right. So, uh, and the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord dri will drive you. And there you will serve gods, the works of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And when you are in distress and all these things come upon you in the latter days, when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God, he will not forsake you nor destroy you nor forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to, swore to them. Hmm. So, so first thing we see in verse 27 you will be scattered among the people and you will be left few in number among the nations where your Elohim, Yahuwah, will drive you. So let's deal with this first. When the scripture says nations, he's, he's not referring to nations as we know them when he's talking about countries like the United States, Canada, Mexico, uh, Brazil, uh, Spain, Portugal. When, when the scripture says nations, he's not referring to nations like that. He's literally saying nations as far as ethnicities of people. So when you look at the word, when you look at the entire scripture, he's talking about ethnicities of people and their relationship with the Israelites, which is an, a, a, an ethnicity of people. And so because you hear people say all the time, well, America's not in in the Bible. You know, and these other nations are in the Bible. They are, but they're not called by their country name. They are identified by their ethnicity. 
So you would have to know who the ethnicity of the Caucasians and other nations, you would have to know who their ethnicity is. You would have to know their forefathers in order to see what happens to them. Okay, so when he said you will be few in number among the nations, he's saying you will be few in number among the different ethnicities of people where I scatter you. And that is what is the case now. Here in America, black folk are the minority. What They, they always use the number 13. You are only 13 percent of the population. Mm-hmm. In, in Uruguay, our people who our brothers and sisters who uh, are descendants of the slave trade, they're not even counted in the census. That's how few of them there are left. They're not even counted in the census. And we are, even though melanated people make up the majority of the world, we, the, the true chosen people, are still the minority in these different countries. Okay, so let's, let's deal with that first. So you will be scattered among the people, left few in number, and there you will serve other gods, the work of men's hand. Now, if we just prove to you that the image of Jesus is the work of a man's hand, wouldn't that indicate that there's something wrong with Christianity? Because we've been told that this is the image we're supposed to follow. This is the image we're supposed to look to as our savior. Even though the second commandment says, you shall not make any graven image of anything in the likeness of heaven or down in the earth. You shall not make anything and look to it as though it is something to be referenced. If that's the case, why would they make these images of what they call Jesus? It's an idol. And he said in verse 28, and there you will serve of the gods, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor smell. So his people are still in this situation to this day. Now let's keep going because there's something real interesting I want to point out to you. But from there, if you will seek Yahuwah, your Elohim, and find him, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and all your soul when you are in distress. Now, remember what we said about salvation. Right. Salvation means being delivered from distress, delivered from hardship, delivered from trouble. From something physical. Physical. It's a physical deliverance. So he's saying when you are in a physical distress and these things come upon you, when when did they come upon you, Is In the latter days. The latter days. Meaning before he returns. Meaning at the end of the age. So here in Deuteronomy, he's telling you that in the latter days, you're going to be still serving these other gods. But if you wake up and you seek me, what does it mean to seek him? Seek his commandments. Keep his commandments. Then I will return to you. Because he said, when you return to Yahuwah, your Elohim, and obey his voice, his voice is his word. He will not forsake you nor destroy you or forget the covenant of your fathers that he swore to them. So here, this is just one example. There there are, I have, I think I have four examples, but I don't know if we're going to get to all of them. But there, there are numerous examples in the scripture 
where he's like, yeah, I scattered y'all. I scattered you. That's how you know that it's us. Nobody else was scattered like we were scattered. Nobody else went through the transatlantic slave trade like we did. We were scattered in different um, areas in what, what is now known as the Middle East, even back then through the Arab slave trade. Mm-hmm. We were scattered then. And people wonder, why is the Middle East so messed up? Part of that is their judgment for what they did to us when during the Arab slave trade. And now what's going on all over the world is the beginning of the final judgment. We're not going to get there because we that's a that's later on in this series. We'll talk about the judgment. We, we have to expose who we are and how we're connected to all of this. Okay? Yeah. And then we also got to go into because we're talking about, yo, you got to turn back to the commandments. We got to turn back to the laws. You got to turn back to that. And I'm sure some of you are like, well, what are the laws? <laughs> so mm-hmm. so. Yeah, we're going to have to go over that as well before we even get into some of the heavier stuff. Right now, mm-hmm. we've got to get through the foundational pieces. And there's a lot of mm-hmm. foundation stuff that we got to run through. Yep. Yep. So let's go to the next scripture, um, Deuteronomy 30, verses 1 through 8. And this is this is honestly one of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Bible. This This scripture right here really helped me see what time it was as far as what the Most High wanted from us as his chosen people. So this one's this one's kind of long. I'm going I'm to read this one. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're starting at Deuteronomy 30, verse 1 through 8. And it's if you uh, want to piggyback on something, just stop me while I'm reading, okay? All right. All right. So... Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse. Now next week, we're going to go over the curses and how the curses are affecting us even to this day. But uh, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before you, and you call them to mind among the nations where Yahuwah, your Elohim, drives you. So when he drives us to these nations, we will look at the blessing and the curse. What woke me up to my identity as an Israelite or a Yahudim was the curses. Knowing what the curses were and knowing how we're still going through them to this day, that is what really shook me to my core and woke me up and made me say, wait a minute, we the chosen people. Oh my goodness. So this is, is happening now because it's not just happening to us, it's happening to Millions of Negroes all over the world. Okay. Millions of us are returning to keep his commandments. Okay. And verse two, and you return to Yahuwah and obey his voice according to all that I command you today, you and your children with all your heart and with all your soul and um, I'm sorry, with all your heart and with all your soul that Yahuwah will bring you back from captivity, have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where Yahuwah has scattered you. Hey, so, um, this with all your heart and with all your soul, this sounds awfully familiar. Mm-hmm. Remember with the two greatest commandments, that's pretty mm-hmm. requirements. Mm-hmm. That's actually it, it comes straight from the Torah. Yeah, yep. the greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. Matthew 22. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And um, then, yes, well, that, like, what uh, Yahusha said was not in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah. He, all he did was uh, precepts. He just quoted mm-hmm. precepts that was located yep. in the Old Testament. So mm-hmm. you could play with the Old Testament if you want by saying, oh, well, we don't have to listen to that, but you do more. Uh, all right. You're going to be missing out on a lot, a lot of context that mm-hmm. you're going to be out, out in the wind because of the fact that you're just rejecting knowledge, which is what got people in trouble in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's that's part of the deception is when we reject the knowledge of his word. Wait, that so, was in um Hosea, was it? Yep, Hosea four six. Yep. The, the My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then and then he says, for they rejected the knowledge mm-hmm. that they gave them. Mm-hmm. Because people like love to quote that first portion, but not the rest of the scripture. Yep. The knowledge of the Torah. In his Torah is knowledge, and his Torah is truth, and his Torah is life. And that's what we're supposed to be following. All right. So I think we were at verse we have verse four or five. Yep, verse four. Verse four, okay. If any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven, from there Yahuwah will gather you, and from there he will bring you. Then Yahuwah will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And uh, Yahuwah will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants, that's us, to love Yahuwah with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. Also, he will put all these curses on your enemies and those whom hate you and who persecute you. Now, isn't this interesting? We're going to really get into this next week. But just as a, a small segue into the curses, a lot of the stuff that happened to us as a people is starting to happen to the ones who oppressed us. Oh, y'all taking away our rights. Our rights been taken away. Yeah. Y'all not letting us see our families. Y'all, y'all been separated our families. Oh, the, the pestilence uh, and the botch and the itch is all over us. COVID is, is wreaking havoc. Oh, we don't we don't have what we need. We're hungry. We're starving. It, 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 it. Perpetual poverty for us. See, see, the things that's happening in America and all over the world, honestly, is simply the same things that these other nations or these other ethnicities did to his people. Mm-hmm. But it's confirming what the scripture says. All of the curses that's on you, I will put on your enemies and those who hate you, those who persecuted you. Again, never been persecuted for being a Christian, only been persecuted for being a Negro. Yep. So we got to ask ourselves, is this word talking about Christians? The Bible is not a book for people who believe. The Bible is a book for his chosen people, for an ethnicity of people. For them to return back to him. Because this is the condition that we will be in. Okay. So he's saying all of the curses that's on you. I'm going to take them off of you. And I'm going to put them on your enemies. He's doing that right now as we speak. 
And verse eight, and you will again obey the voice of Yahuwah and do all his commandments, which I command you this day. And so, again, another example from scripture, when we're in the lands where we're scattered, we will consider the blessing and the curse and we will begin to return. That's what's happening now. This is why we're doing the podcast. We're not doing the podcast because we're mad at the church. We're not doing the podcast because we got what they call church hurt. That ain't why we're doing it. Right. Doing the podcast to expose the lies of the church so that you can see the truth and return to his commandments. The end goal for this podcast is so that you will see why you need to start to keep the commandments and begin to do them on your own accord. That's the end know, goal of this podcast. I didn't even know that Go there ahead. was such a thing as church hurt. I, I, yeah. I guess now that I think about it, I guess there's a lot of there are some people that will just lash out at the church by, mm -hmm. because of the fact that they were done wrong in the church. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that was an actual term for it. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a it's a sensitive term in church circles because I mean, if people will be honest, we all deal with um, church hurt to a certain level. You know, there are people who won't go to church because they were um, molested by somebody in church. Mm. You know, there were there are people who um, they won't go to church because um, somebody treated a family member wrong or they felt like, you know, they were mistreated there. And, you know, they call that church hurt. And people say, you know, because of that, they lash out at God and don't believe anymore and all that type of stuff. And a, so instead of actually acknowledging the stuff that caused the hurt in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because in church, so many times it's always if somebody leaves, it's because they got a problem. No, you got to look at yourself. You have to look at yourself and what you are doing. And in church, that's not really taught because we're, we're taught that, you know, we got everything right. We ain't doing nothing wrong. If, if you got a problem, it's you. Mm -mm. The scripture says, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. The scripture says, he who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. This is what the church is supposed to be following, but many times they do not. And it creates a stumbling block for many people. I can't tell you the, the amount of people that, you know, when I talk to them about church, they, they say, I don't want to go to church because there's too many hypocrites there. Yeah. I mean, when I was a school teacher, that's, that's all my kids used to tell me. <laughs> they, they all used to say, Mr. Wills, ain't no hypocrites in church. And this is back when I was, when I went to church. You know, I would talk to them about, you know, going going to church and learning about the word, that type of thing. And they were like, you know, it's too many hypocrites. And I couldn't, I couldn't say, well, no, you just tripping. I knew that they was telling the truth because I seen it for myself. And a lot of times whenever, as a, um, as a way to deflect, they may say, Oh no, that's maybe at the church you went to, but at my right. church we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Like, nah, it's at your church. <laughs> yeah, it's your church. Too. Yeah, yeah. It, it it is a spirit, in my opinion. It is a spirit that we have uh, taken on from our oppressors because to them, when they were doing all these wicked things to us as Christians, to them they could do no wrong. No matter what they did, it was it was okay, almost to the point almost psychopathic you know well for them it was psychopathic but for us it we're almost at that point if something is done that's wrong we try to cover it up 
Mm-hmm. We don't, you, you know what? We messed up here. I'm sorry, forgive us. That's very rare in church. It is very rare. And be, because it is so rare, it honestly turns people away from church and unfortunately away from God. I talk to people and their problem is because of what they have experienced in church, they want nothing to do with the most high. And my response is, but the most high did not hurt you. These are people. People are not perfect. People are going to make mistakes. You cannot say, well, well, I don't want them to do with the most high because, you know, these people represent him. Have they misrepresented him? In many cases, yes, unfortunately. But that does not change that his word is still true. That does not change that he is true. All that means is that we, as the people who say we represent him, we need to do a better job shining a light because the people on the outside looking in, they're not seeing this light. They see in darkness. Right. They see in hypocrisy. They see in confusion. And so, unfortunately, many people, they turn away from the most high because of what happened in church, because they, they look at life like, you know, God is where the church is, which couldn't be further from the truth. Right. Couldn't be further from the truth. He he lives in us if we allow him to, if we follow his word and do what he said. And I, I'll never forget this. And I'm, we're going to keep moving. I remember one of my one of my kids whom I love. I'm, I'm now this brother was off the chain. <laughs> you understand me? He will fight anybody, cuss anybody. Y'all did not care. He said, he said to me, Mr. Wills, you a real Christian. This was not when I was still in church. He said, I could tell you a real Christian. You're not one of them fake because you straight care about us. You tell us the truth. You try to t- try to help us to do right, and you act like that too. And he was like 14, 15 years old. And it, when he said that to me, it saddened me because that means that he saw so many people who professed to be Christian, but didn't act like it. Mm-hmm. And to him, it was like, well, if y'all ain't going to do this, then why should I do it? Right. I mean, he did not care. <laughs> you know, he was one of them type of kids. He didn't care. And it, it, it saddened me because I was one of the only examples that he saw of somebody who tried to walk what they was talking. So um that that's you know basically you know where the where the church hurt comes from. You know and, and like like we said before this podcast isn't about that. We we not holding no grudges against anybody. We're not trying to offend anybody. We're not trying to dog anybody out. We're not coming for anyone. We are exposing the lies in church doctrine and the lies that's told in church so that our people can wake up and realize that they are supposed to be keeping the laws, statutes, and commandments of the Most High, which their Savior, the one they call Jesus, told them to do. If you love me, keep my commandments. Come on now, John 14, 15. He said it over and over and over again. This is the love of God that you keep his commandments. This is eternal life that you may know me, but he who says he knows me and does not keep my commandments is a liar and the truth ain't in him. This is what our Savior said. He told us to keep his commandments. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. All right. So back to uh, the scripture. The next one we're going to go to is Jeremiah 30 verses 7 through 11. And it's, I want you to take that one out. All right. So. It says, alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. 
and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, says Yahuwah of hosts, that I will break the yoke from your neck and will burst your bonds. Foreigners shall no more enslave you, but they shall serve uh, Yahuwah their Elohim and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. Therefore do not fear, O my servant Jacob, says Yahuwah, nor be dismayed, O Israel. For behold, I will save you from afar and your seed from the land of their captivity. Uh, Yaqub shall return, have rest, and be quiet, and no one shall make him afraid, for I am with you, says Yahuwah, to save you. Though I am, though I make a full end of all nations where I have scattered you, yet I will not make a complete end of you, but I will correct you in justice and will not let you go altogether unpunished. Mm. So with, with, with this verse... Where he where he starts to say that day is great. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. So if Jacob is us, that means there's going to be a time of trouble that comes upon us. But he said he will be saved out of it. So again, that same saved that's Yesha, Yeshua, what Yesha, yeah, salvation being delivered physically. So the trouble is a physical trouble. If anybody on this earth was in trouble, it's us. Yeah, it's us. And he said, it will come to pass in that day that I will break his yoke from your neck and I will burst your bonds and foreigners shall no more enslave you or enslave them. So who, who has the yoke on their neck? Who is in prison? Who had the shackles on them when they were slaves? The shackles on their hands, the shackles on their feet. Hey, the shackles on their mind. The shackles on where they live. The shackles on their ability to get out of their environment. The shackles are on us till this day. But he said, foreigners shall no more enslave you. I will burst your bonds. And they shall serve Yahuwah the Elohim and David their king who I will raise up for them. So check this out. Remember when he told his disciples. Remember when Judas was upset because he said, you were supposed to come and set us free from the Romans. Peter thought the same thing. And he, he told him, he said, you don't understand the scriptures. The first time he came, he was to be led as a lamb to the slaughter, to die for the sins of his people. The second time he comes, that is going to be to destroy the nations. And this is the time that he's talking about now. Because he says, they will serve Yahuwah the Elohim and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. So when the time of trouble is over, that's when our king returns. And so we still have to go through this time of trouble. We're still in this time of trouble. And the trouble is going to get worse as we move forward. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's such a push for black people to take the vaccine? That's a part of our trouble. The, the, the existence, the existential plight of what we are going through right now as a people, this is our trouble. This is what we have to go through. Now, he says in verse 10, therefore, do not be afraid, O my servant Jacob, says Yahuwah, nor be dismayed, O Israel, 
For behold, I will save you from afar and your seed, his descendants, us from the land of ca their captivity, all the lands where we are scattered. And Jacob shall return, have rest and be quiet and no one shall make him afraid. For I am with you, says Yahuwah, to save you, though I make a full end of all the nations where I scattered you. Check this out. He's saying that he will destroy the nations where we are scattered. This is how we know that the judgment of the of the most high has begun in the earth. This is how we know he says in his word at that end, right before I send your savior, your king to rescue you, I will make a full end of all the nations where I scattered you, which goes directly into the 400 year prophecy. You will be oppressed for 400 years. The nation whom you serve, I will judge. And afterwards, you will come out with great substance. He is going to make an end of all the nations or all the ethnicities where he has scattered us. But he said, I will not make a complete end in you, but I will correct you in justice and not let you all go together unpunished. We've been corrected. We've been punished. He has spanked us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we, we've been getting our behinds whooped. But he said, I'm going to leave some of you. Will it be you? Will it be you? Son, daughter, will you return and keep his commandments so that you can be delivered? He said, keep his commandments so that you may live. That's what he said. He said, blessed are they who do Yahuwah's commandments so that they would have a right to the tree of life and that they may enter into the gates into the city. He's coming back for his people, but his people will be in a situation of trouble. They will be in a situation where they are in bondage, where they have yokes on their neck, where they are enslaved by foreigners. That's what his word says. We will still be in the land of our captivity when he returns. And so we have to keep in mind that if this is what we're going through, and he says he's going to make an end of the nations, we, we, we can't get glued to Babylon. We can't fall in love with Babylon because he's about to end Babylon. Her destruction has already started. Her destruction has already started. I cannot tell you how close we are to the return of the Messiah. I cannot tell you how close we are, but we have to go through the judgment. We have to endure the plagues that he's unleashed on the earth. And so with these plagues comes more trouble for us. But he said, do not be afraid. I am with you. The Elohim of heaven and earth is with us. All we have to do is respond to him and do what he said, keep his commandments. If you got anything you want to add before we go to the last scripture, yeah, so uh, the doors of the church are open right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to play uh, that one song. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey. Just uh, you don't. There's no need to uh put the the offering in the collection basket. We have cash out. Right. So. Right. <laughs> Oh, but I I don't have really anything to add. You said it 
You said it pretty much. Like, um, it's important to realize what time we're in. And it's important yeah. to realize that we don't have time to waste time. We've yeah. done enough of that over the years. It's important for us to dig into this word and see for yourself what it says and then line it up with what's going on now in these current events and these troubling times that we're in that's consistently changing. People were like, oh, well, I mean, 2020 was bad, but 2021 is going to be better. All right. <laughs> okay. Because we haven't really experienced the fallout from yep. 2020, like the economic fallout from 2020. Yeah, but heck, they're still bubbling over the stimulus checks. What makes you mm-hmm. think that things are going to get better? So, mm-hmm. like, it's important to discern the time and not see mm-hmm. after what... Um, what the powers that be here want us to seek after. They want us to seek after normalcy, quote unquote. They want us to seek yeah. after um, their solutions to the issues and not rely on the most high for anything. They want you to rely on the government. They want you to rely on Babylon. They want you to rely on the system mm-hmm. stadium when this is, when this system has done nothing but condemn you for mm-hmm. hundreds of years. So continuing this dog and pony show of seeking after your oppressor to save you yet again that stuff is dead <laughs> like yeah it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna come a time where you're gonna have to make a choice mm-hmm. do you choose the elohim of your father your of your forefathers or do you mm-hmm. choose the system that you've just been acclimated to because you're too afraid to make that jump in faith well that leap of faith or you're just afraid that hey, the the burden of actually making that choice is just too great because I've built so much of my being upon these lies, mm-hmm. on something that's fleeting, on the foundation that's made of sand. But because you know my family's in it, and my pastor said so, and my friends are in it, and that's why I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. And you can't yeah. rock, you can't do that. And you know, you, and that's the messed up thing. You know you can't do that, but you're choosing to do it anyway. So whenever judgment happens and you're you're standing in front of him and he says, hey, yo, so why'd you make that decision? There's no, you don't have an excuse. Like you listening to us talk about these things, th- there's no excuse anymore. You can't say, oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. I didn't know. I didn't know. No, that, that's fresh out is now you have to make a choice once you seek this information for yourself you got to make a choice whether you do or you don't there's no in between there's no gray area it's it's either you do or you don't and the, the most high is he's going to put he's going to put you in a position where you don't have a choice but to make a choice he's going to put you in that position because as the judgment continues to unfold, it will become very apparent that you cannot do what you've always done. It, it will become very apparent that uh, church how you knew it was over, the world how you knew it was over. It will become very apparent. And honestly, if you looked at the, the earth and the situation that we're in right now, you would already see that we are in that time now where the world that we that we knew before is over. And man, that is a good thing. 
that is a good thing that the world that we knew was over. Because the only thing that was in there was nothing but lies, deception, uh, extortion, bribery, wickedness, murder. I mean, man, how, how many times they going to kill us and get away with it? You know, and, and now we have an opportunity to return to the most high. You know, I, I don't think that it's an accident that many of us uh, do not have a job. I know it's not an accident that I don't have a job. <laughs> I know that that's not an accident. You know, uh, this this has been a tremendous blessing for me because it has enabled me to uh, make money a different way and to seek the most high in a different way. I have the time to do it, whereas before I didn't when I was tied to a job. And so the Most High is going to continue to make us all uncomfortable until we no longer desire Babylon. But at that point, you know, what you're going to do, you're going to choose him, or you're going to choose, you know, whatever you want. You know, time will tell, but we're all going to have to make that decision. Um, before we shut it down, I wanted, I do want to read this last scripture. Uh, again, there are so many other scriptures in here to talk about his people being scattered uh, and being scattered in the last days, not just scattered, because they were scattered back then, but being scattered in the last days all over the earth. So the last one is uh, Ezekiel chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. And we're going to read that real quick. Yet I will leave a remnant. So that and a remnant is just a, a small amount of, of uh, leftover. So a small amount of leftover uh, Yahudim or Israelites. So that you may... Uh, so that you may have some who escape the sword among the nations when you are scattered throughout the countries. Then those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they are carried away captive. That's what's going on right now. Because I was crushed by their adulterous heart, which have departed from me, and by their eyes, which played the harlot after their idols. So again, again. Most High wants us to come away from all of this idolatry. That's why we had to expose the, the idolatry in Christmas. And believe it or not, there is a ton of idolatry in uh, his Christianity itself, not even including uh, Christmas. You know, there's a ton of idolatry in uh, worshiping on Sunday, in the cross, in the images of Jesus. Like all of these different things have hidden idolatry in them. And so the Most High is saying, you, you got to come out. New Year's, yeah. What, Dagon? Isn't that the God for New Year's? Dagon? Yeah. Isn't that his name? Yeah. Even even idolatry in New Year's. The New Year's about Dagon. So it's like there, there's so much idolatry that we follow. And he's saying, you know, you, you have to see that it breaks my heart when you follow these things. And come out of her, my people. Come out. So um, continuing verse 9, they will loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. And they shall know that I am Yahuwah and that I have not said in vain that I will bring all of this calamity upon them. So we as a people have gone through calamity after calamity after calamity. And if we are not careful, uh, we will go through more and much worse calamity in these um, days, weeks, months and years to come uh, if we do not repent and turn back um, to the most high. I mean, we, we, we are at a time where you can't afford to not know who the enemy is because it will cost you your life. It will cost you your life, not knowing 
who the enemy is, not knowing whom you are at war with. Remember, his word says that uh, the devil is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He said he presents himself as an angel of light. And so his ministers also present themselves as ministers of righteousness, but their end will be according to their works. You have to know who your enemy is. Your enemy will smile in your face when they're doing you wrong. And they've been doing that to us since we've been here. We have to know that this ain't nothing different. Nothing new under the sun, y'all. We have to make sure that we are following his word, doing what he said and not following what man tells us or what the government tells us. We have to follow him. Because if we follow him and return to him, then we will be delivered. All right. So that's the end of the podcast for today. Next week, we're going to continue the series, Jews, Gentiles, and Judgment. And we are going to go over the curses that have that the Most High put upon his people and that are still on us to this day and what we need to do to come out of it. So until then, always remember, the most high is the truth. His word is the truth. But the church is a lie. Peace, y'all.